Good morning, everybody. Uh, before we get started with the session, we're going to uh, welcome one of our change makers. Uh, we'd also like to take the opportunity to thank um, our change maker strand sponsor, who sent this message. BAFTA are delighted to support CMC's Changemakers. The concept resonates with BAFTA's international programs that support and develop new talent and offer access to some of the world's most inspiring people working in the industry. Zoe Daniel is 19 and a freelance journalist with bylines in The Guardian and Reuters. She's also filmmaker and ambassador for digital media company and Instagram movement, Girl Gaze. She's going to share some of her thoughts on what is going on to take uh, to, take to close the gender gap and how we can all do, what, what we can all do to um, contribute towards it. Zoe? Hi there. I'm Zoe Daniel, and today I'd like to talk about diversity in the media. As I was preparing to speak about closing the gap, closing the gender gap, I really thought about it, and dare I say it, I don't think I believe in the gender gap anymore. We live in a society where when we look at media companies, we have women, we have men, and I'm so thankful that in today's day and age that we have such a diverse community of creatives living and working. However, it's all about the representation of women. It's not just about women, it's about people of colour, about non-binary people, LGBTQ, and about supporting creatives with disabilities. Hussein Kizvani tweeted recently, um, about diversity in creative sectors, and I think his tweet perfectly describes the problem we have in this day and age. And it's the fact that we're not supporting our creatives of minority and ethnic backgrounds. Angela Davis also said, it's not about glass ceilings. It's about standing with the women for whom the floor is collapsing. So when I was 15, I was involved in lots of media access projects in my community. I lived in a really great rural area, which was a little bit isolating at times, but we had an amazing creative base. And I worked on a radio program that aired on a local radio station. And I also worked at an online media company called Vomo, which created films and online content for young people. The Scottish government were incredibly impressed with the work we were doing in our rural area, so sent a media team to start a media campaign around stories of minority ethnic and um, disabled young people that are doing creative things in our sector. I was scared when I was asked to be the face of this campaign. It was a campaign to increase arts funding in Scotland, and it was quite high profile. It was all over Scottish government um, websites. And obviously, when you're linked with the government, you're kind of scared about censorship and what you're going to be told to say. And I was scared that me and myself and my friend Ant, who suffers from cerebral palsy, would be painted as these poor young people from disadvantaged backgrounds and doing incredible strides. And I knew that wasn't my story. I knew that I was more than that and that I was a creative with emotions and opinions and ideas that were worth sharing. I was 
so surprised when they came and they just talked to me. I thought that I'd be told what to say. I thought that I'd say something and they'd be like, oh, but could you just say it like that? I was scared of the editing. I was scared how we would be painted when we were doing different um, interviews and uh, filming. But I was so happy with the outcome. You can actually watch it on YouTube, um, the film. It's still up to date. I was 15, so bear with me. I was a little bit awkward. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible project to be a part of. And I'm so thankful that the Scottish government were so supportive. It made me feel so empowered to have my voice heard, but not in a way that you can have your voice heard, but you have to say it like this and you have to talk about how you're diverse. It was just about me and who I am. I'm now going to show a film I made with Ant um, about his condition with cerebral palsy. Ant wanted to make a film coming off out of our um, media campaign about what it's like living with cerebral palsy. He is 22, he has a girlfriend, he, get, he goes around, he just wanted a film that just explained his day in the most simplest sense. So we're going to watch it now. I'm Anthony William Swift, I'm 19 years old and I live in Peebles which isn't the most accessible town. It's quite hard, I have to say, because there's a lot of potholes and, and it's actually quite impossible because sometimes people park over the drop curbs. There's only a, a, a couple of them and it's so annoying when people park over them. So I think this is a big way to make people realise I, look, it is annoying for us because it's not, we're not like ordinary people that can just go and move a bin out of the way or, or step over a drop We actually have to have them adapted for us. So we've been walking along the roads here and uh, seeing to go into a few shops and a lot of the shops have a lot of steps mm -hmm. and not many of them have ramps and you, you saw us going along here. No, it's, it's, I, I don't see the problem in here ramp that you can detach from the shop, put it down somebody comes along and it's not just wheelchairs. Some elderly folk can manage to stare. And I thought, you don't really think about it too much until you happens to you. And that's what I think. And I think, well, how do you get in that shop? You don't. It's not fair. It's not fair. How do you get in that shop? You don't. It's not fair. Yeah. Because there's a have to go all the way here. Yeah, this is really dangerous because cars could be coming down this road. You're the first job I think I've seen with a ramp. You don't know why you think it's important to have a ramp. We've always had a ramp since opened the shop and it's just because there's the smallest of steps outside the shop and it means anybody can come in. I think if they actually took a while to think what it's like for other people rather than themselves they should realise, because like, my hoping in doing this is that people will actually realise, like, it might be easy for us, but it's not easy for them. I want people to know that, because it's not easy for us, because they don't know what it's like to be in a wheelchair or be disabled or just, just basically realise how difficult it is. I mean, life's difficult already, and then that just makes it even more. So it was really interesting doing that project with Ant. Um, he asked me to interview him because he wanted someone he was comfortable with and that he could say whatever he wanted. And um, he then came back to me and said, actually, would you be able to produce it and um, script it a little bit? 
And so I did. I came up with um, questions to ask him and the format and the way we'd film it. And with um, he just didn't like it. And he said, no, I want it to be more rough. I want handheld shots. I want big subtitles. I said, are you sure it's just going to look a bit cheap, you know? And he was like, no. And I think it was difficult for me collaborating on that project because I was like, well, I think we should make it like this. But then I thought, you know, this is his story. This is his lived-in experience. And this is him just bearing his heart and saying how he feels. And if he wants to say it in that way, then surely that makes for better content than me creating some sort of polished idea of what I think his experience should look like. From going to Vomo and then moving on to The Guardian, I applied for a positive action scheme there. I was scared to apply for a positive action scheme because of all the connotations of it being a box ticking process. And I still believe that positive action schemes are only a short term solution to a long term issue. I don't think I want to look at my career and look at the industry in 10 years and look at my company and when I'm older and think, oh, I need a positive action scheme because I'm not seeing people that work here that look like me. I want to look around and I want to see people of different minority ethnic backgrounds, of different sexualities, races, everything. So I think positive action schemes are great for now, but we need to find creative ways that we can support creatives in the future. Instagram have been really helpful to me in my career, especially for self-producing, which is an incredible asset to minority ethnic um, background um, creatives. I found out about the Instagram account Girl Gaze from just following them. And they are an Instagram account that started where they would repost pictures of creatives work and specifically women and non-binary um, women's artwork. And they've now become a network where young people can, young people, young creatives can sign up and find jobs and network within the community. They asked me to be a brand ambassador after I reached out to them and I was more than glad to sign on. I've worked with lots of campaigns over the years and now I'm looking forward to finding ways of how we can bring the campaign to the UK as we are currently a little bit more American based, um, a little bit wider known there. So if you have any ideas of how we can bring Girl Gaze to the UK, I'd be really happy to find out. And from Girl Gaze, I was um, followed by the Instagram young people engagement officer and when I was, I was a little bit nervous because I don't have a big following on Instagram at the time and I was using it for a very personal way. I was not using it as a creative or professional tool. It was a little bit of my personal life and sharing work I'd done for family and friends. So when they reached out, I was scared and I was nervous to partner with them. However, they've been so helpful. They started a campaign called Gen Insta Takeover where creatives that were making waves in the community um, were partnered with brands like The Debrief and companies in the media to control their Instagram content for a week. And I was scared because obviously you're taking over a brand and I'm, you know, you, you hear so much about how brands use their social media. And for me as an amateur creator to take over a brand's Instagram was kind of a big ask. I, I thought that there was different ways of doing it, but the fact that they sort of gave me the mic to use their platform in a way that I could meant that I was not used as a tool like, look, we've put this person here and she's going to do this. I was just given the creative space to work how I would work. Mm -hmm. 
So what's next in closing the gap? In the future, I hope that we find different creative ways of including people of colour and LGBTQI people in our work. I hope that we don't just put them in front of a TV screen and have an all-white film um, set. I hope that it's just a normal issue that we go into our workplace and we see people of all different backgrounds doing all different kinds of jobs. In terms of what's next for me, I'm launching my online magazine, Zoe Zine. It is currently in the works. I'm using it as a blog at the moment because I'm trying to get it started up, but in the future, I would love it to be a platform to amplify the voices of marginalised um, creatives. And if you would like to find out more about myself and my work or have any questions, I'll be around all day today and tomorrow. And that is my details. So thank you for listening.